Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. My name is Kevin Ray, and I am your host. And I'm here with our executive producer and co-host, Mark Griffith. Thank you all for joining us, and we certainly appreciate your dedication to our show. And we are so thankful for our listeners and also to Mortgage Investors Group for being our sponsor. If it wasn't for them, we certainly would not be here. Uh, We want to thank them very much. You can go to MIGonline.com. They are celebrating 25 years of American dreams come true. And uh, we are just excited to have you here with us. And today we um, have a discussion in store for you that I think will hit upon a lot of different topics. And I think it's important for us to understand how things work from a a national standpoint when we have um, the messaging power of a large ad uh, industry out there messaging to us as parents or us as individuals or us as um, companies and to understand and harness that information and and to really get an insider's look on what this all means to you as a consumer, um, guess what we do? We bring in the expert. And today we have an expert with us, um, which I believe is probably um, on the trending of of doing something really amazing and keeping people informed. Um, Today we have with us the and you I might get your job title wrong because you told you did a little bit of everything but we have Steve Kleber is that how you pronounce it Steve Kleber 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 um, so what is exactly is your job title by the way I am the president of Kleber and Associates Marketing and Communications mm-hmm. as well as the president of the National Remodeling Foundation Wow so that's amazing so why don't you tell us first before we get into more of a deep topic about advertising and about messaging and how this affects us as consumers um, why don't you tell us just what your job is on a daily basis I think that'll give our listeners an insider's look on who you are what you do so why don't you just give us that 30,000 foot uh, approach of what what it is that you do great well they say that an elevator speech should be about 10 words or less so mine is building better brands that build a better home since 1987. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming in. That's pretty, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, that's wonderful. Well, so your job really is to help your clients or your um, the people you work with to develop a message that will reach a larger audience and can really communicate. It's all about communication. And do you think that we've lost sight of that? Because there's certain companies out there that I think they've lost sight of what really that um, concise messaging should be. Have we lost sight of that? Perhaps so. You know, they say that um, you should sell the way the customer wants to buy. And I think all too often marketers want to sell the way they want to sell. Hmm. They want to push products out there, and they're not paying sensitivity to the target audience. And I think that's a message whether you're talking about home or consumer packaged goods. And Steve, what's your platform for communication? What's your chosen platform? 
Well, I would say content marketing. You know that old axiom that content is king? Whether you're producing an ad or public relations or a blog and now so popular social media, it's all about relevant content. Most everything can be found online, whether it be audio, as you are demonstrating here, or, or uh, traditional content, and Google has been around to help us find it as we stumble over those opportunities. <laughs> well, and looking, looking in a larger perspective, I mean, we as consumers, because I wear several hats, but as a consumer, when I go out and I try to explore what is the best product for what I'm looking for, just as an example, what I, the very first thing I do is I Google it. <clears throat> That's just what I do. And I don't Yahoo it. I don't bling it or bing it, whatever it is. I Google it. So Google shares, I think, 86 or so percent of all searches online. But most people want to learn about what the product that they're interested in, what other products are similar. Most importantly, I think for me as a consumer, I want to see what other people feel about the product. As an example, if I were to be going out and buying a TV, I'm going to first, I'm going to find out what TVs are out there, and then I'm going to find out what other people think about it. And so reviews, would you agree, are somewhat of a, a very important piece of the buying decision? Absolutely. We live in a very social community. Uh, you know, it used to be that the town crier came into the square in the city back in ancient times and gave us the news. Now we can consume news and content 24-7 any way that we want. And we want to understand what our friends and neighbors and people like us, how they feel about the product to give us confidence. And Steve, um, as far as the, you know, you're in the home and building product industry. So when a uh, a client comes to you and they say, you know, we need to do something. What is it that you try to instruct them about their product? How do you how do you communicate what they need to do? Uh, it, it's relatively formulaic in that a product has to be pushed into distribution so that you can eventually find it. So we have programs to attract dealers and distributors. We pull through from the consumer and the contractor. And then we influence the influencers, such as architects and interior designers. That's a very good point, because if, you, if you're going to be good at what you do, you need to understand what it is that you're selling. And since I'm not, I'm, you're the president of the, the Association of Remodelers, but also really getting into the details of what you're selling and then understanding how to influence the people that are out there. Um, that's not something that everybody can do. And so part of what you're, um, I guess, giving your customers is not just uh, a form or a plan, but you're also going to help them execute it as well, right? Absolutely. And that's where the sensitivity and relevancy comes in to our messaging creation. Now, the blogging that you promote, you know, people, pe anybody can start a blog. You know, anybody can start a WordPress account or a blogger account, or anybody can have a, a, a Facebook.com, you know, account or a Twitter account or a LinkedIn account or a Google Plus account or a Pinterest account. All of these, this huge, huge volume of, of people who, who claim to be experts in this or that. Um, is there any way that us as consumers can determine whether or not 
the people that we're listening to actually have relevance or expertise because like you're you've written a lot of good blogs how do i know is it do i look to see how many times it's been shared do i just read it and then find out you know whether or not it makes any sense i guess my question is how are we able to determine as consumers who the real experts are and, and, yes, it's about circulation. It's about audience, like anything else, whether it's a radio show like you are doing or a magazine that someone else is. It's all about the circulation. Mm-hmm. In the end, that's how advertising is sold, based on the number of eyeballs. So right. everything now is trackable on the Internet. How many followers you have on LinkedIn, Twitter, etc., blogs as well. And there are scores, ways of keeping track of that audience, clout Mm -hmm. and Alexa scores. There are so many different metrics. The good news is that the Internet now makes everything accountable. Well, I guess that's a good point because, you know, one of the things that I preach in, in my role at Mortgage Investors Group is that people need to own the fact that the evolution of marketing is very, very clear. And if you don't understand it, or maybe you don't even need to understand it, but you at least need to accept it, that things have changed in such a way that we no longer talk around the water cooler like we used to, which I wish we did still do that. But you have to understand that people are making buying decisions no longer about from word of mouth from the water cooler. They're making buying decisions on word of mouth around Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest. I mean, Pinterest is a perfect example of that. If I was in the home remodeling business or if I was in the furniture business or if I was in the contracting business, I better have a Pinterest account because I better be able to showcase what I can do in those mediums because if I, those me, if I don't, I'm not going to be able to um, really pr- successfully promote what it is that I do. And, and similarly, in order to demonstrate to your influencers, such as your interior designer or your contractor, as a consumer, this becomes a glorified scrapbook. Mm. So I like this versus that, and what about this? And so uh, platforms like Pinterest, and there's a new one called Houzz, H-O-U-Z-Z, has become a very important I've tool. Got that. Yeah, very important tool for consumers and influencers and contractors to be able to communicate and to frame expectations. Well, when are we going to start seeing the death of print media? I mean, because it seems like the social platforms are taking everything by storm. Are we going to see the elimination of uh, print media? I, I, I do think New they, York Times online. I, I don't get any real I think real that paper. they're in ICU right now. <laughs> I'm going to visit them later this <laughs> afternoon at Methodist Medical Center. But go ahead. Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely in decline, but a franchise, a name, whether it's New York Times, Wall Street Journal, or Architectural Digest, will continue to own that franchise. They now must es- execute not only in print, but also digital. Yeah. So the, the job is not one or the other, it's now both. Yeah, that's a good point. We were, I was just talking with someone just before, that's why I was running just a little late, I was talking with somebody about millennials and about the purchasing decisions for millennials and how it has different from like even Gen X or, or the greatest generation and just moving all through the generations. And, you know, like my grandmother has a Twitter account and a Facebook account. So it's not that she doesn't own the fact that she's there and she needs to be there. But the difference to, in my mind is the way to distinguish people is are you a digital native or are you a digital immigrant? 
because digital natives, that could be my grandmother. She could natively understand how it all works. I know that's not the exact description or definition, but for instance, my father, he's a digital immigrant, no doubt in my mind, and he's gotten denied for um, a green card several times because he doesn't understand how things work on a digital basis. So he still depends on me. He still depends on my sister. He still depends on his wife to influence him on buying decisions. So it still, though, comes back to being the digital content is important if you are out there selling something because there are a lot of people who still don't they depend on the newspaper they depend on the magazine because they just don't understand the digital um kind of descriptions that we're talking about absolutely you know whether it's digital immigrant or digital native just as long as you're not that other uh item that starts with a d and that is dinosaur right (laughs) (laughs) exactly We, we know a few of those and I mean, hey, Barney just started getting his stuff posted online. So right. Barney the dinosaur, never mind. Right. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> well, um, I think this is incredible. I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think in the next probably ten years, I think that we're probably going to see. Mo- and this is just my guess, but I think we're probably going to see most um, advertising uh, dollars spent on Google and anal- Google AdWords or Yahoo impressions, display ads, and people are going to start taking more and more of that money that they spent in radio and start applying it more and more towards digital. Would you agree with that? I agree. It's one of the uh, easiest items to track. And in the end, there was an old axiom in advertising. I think it was uh, Wanamaker who said it. He was a uh, grocery store magnate. And he said, half of my advertising is working if I could just figure out which half. (laughs) And with digital, you can. Do you know what? I use that every day almost to my loan officers because they always say, how can I spend less money on this or that? And guess what, folks? He just nailed it. Well, we have Steve here with us on the line. We're talking about uh, all kinds of things when it relates to messaging to our consumers. So as a consumer, you need to know and need to understand. We'll continue this conversation right after these messages. We'll be right back. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, my name is Kevin Ray. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. And we want you guys to go to the mothership of all of our information, and that would be thehousinghour.com. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash thehousinghour. And we're on Twitter at the Housing Hour, and Mark also does Pinterest as well. If you'd like to learn more, I'm an about expert it. on Pinterest. <laughs> That's right. Um, so we're back in here, and uh, we have uh, Steve Kleber with us. With uh, well, he does a lot of things actually. I think that putting him in a box would probably not be a good idea because a marketing guru, a marketing guru would probably be a better way to put it. Um, but you can go to his website, which we are, which we do have actually on thehousinghour.com. So if you'd like to go there, you can go find it. But it's marketinghomeproducts.com is where I found his blog. You probably have other websites as well. What other websites might you want us to uh, talk about? The Cleaver and Associates might be a good one. 
Right, KleberandAssociates.com. That's K-L-E-B-E-R-A-N-D, associates, plural, all one word, dot com. So we're also will have people directed to that. Um, before we move on to something else, I wanted to also ask you about um, the content marketing that, that is important and the link backs and, and how that all works. Because I noticed in some of your blogs that you're linking to other influencers, if you will. Um, and it's important to understand why you do that because you're trying to help build, you know, push traffic not only to their site, but also to your site. Talk about why it's important to do that. Well, it's just like an ecosystem, whether it's uh, Apple with their new pay, uh, the iTunes store. You want to be connected to an economy and to a social community. So when you're blogging, it's no different than going to a party. Mm. You want to make sure that your content is something that the audience wants to consume, much like at a party. You want to make sure that the food is something that the audience wants to consume. Mm. Do you uh, do uh, Twitter Twitter parties, that type of thing? I do. We have tweet-ups, and uh, we go to trade shows, and um, it's, it's so funny because, as you know, everything online is done with your fingers and a keypad. So we'll be there face-to-face at an exhibitor's booth, and no one is speaking. They're looking across <laughs> at each other and typing. It is the most unique phenomenon you've ever seen. That's how we communicate with our teenagers now. Exactly. That's how I communicate with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's um, the way she wants it. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and so that's what's so special about being on a radio program like yours is we come back to that auditory where mm-hmm. you can uh, get people's inflection and tone that is missing from a keyboard. That's so true. And I've even started texting, not with the voice to text, that's so 2012, I start now using the Apple feature where you can actually send a voice text. Literally, when so this is getting bigger, isn't it? Uh, this voice, yeah, it is. It's I a think voice app. They have some workarounds that they need to figure out, but I think it's gonna it's gonna be a lot more popular for some because you know when I'm sending my wife a text message, you know I don't want her to think I'm saying something that I'm not. So it's I like demanding. One, you put you push the little microphone button. You speak what you want to speak, and then it goes directly to her. Now, once you release your your thumb, it's gone. So you need to make sure what you're saying is what you want to say. But you know what? Also for us, we do radio, we do um, print, we do digital. I mean, we do TV. We, we try to have a well-balanced approach. And blogging is one of those missing components that we've only in the last three years started doing. And because of the reason that we started doing it is because you know, over 50% of people who come to our website are coming to us on a mobile phone. And we understand that more and more and more people are getting their information, not even from a desktop. It's amazing. Print is dead or going to be close to. It will still have those traditional ones that you spoke of. But guess what? Desktops are also slowly becoming dinosaurs. dinosaurs. And that means that tablets and iPhones and droids are taking over. What's your thought about the kind of transition between desktops and um, handheld devices? Well, you, when you create a website or a blog, it has to be what they call responsive in design because you have no idea what kind of platform your audience is going to be on, whether mm-hmm. it be a mobile device or a, a tablet or a desktop, whether it's going to be Android or or PC or Apple. And so the the experience has to be able to adapt 
to your audience. Again, what we talked about before, selling the way your customer wants to buy. And one of the things that Kevin was talking about, Steve, I wanted to ask you how you direct the message, because I'm sure when you talk to your clients that you're looking at how they've advertised in the past, and then you kind of reformat it, because as Kevin said, as soon as you hit that send button, you might be communicating the wrong message. Well, and and there's some good advice before you send a uh, particularly harsh email or a blog that has some kind of provocative nature, you may want to sleep on it and send it out the next morning. I think that's a little bit old school, but probably exciting to think about because look at what happens in politics. Mm-hmm. One person says something, it's misinterpreted, and the next thing you know, there's a war going on. Well, and also, for instance, I guess it was Ted Cruz announced that his um, running for president through Twitter I got a CNN breaking news email like at 1030 the other night. And, you know, that's how people are doing it. And I'm sure he meant to push send. But then you also think about um, how this is just another random thought of mine, which happens frequently, Steve. So I apologize. But that's why I'm here, Steve. (laughs) If you think about what happened with the House of Cards, um, it got released like a month early because a tech had accidentally keyed in something incorrectly on the computer. So just because we're going to this new medium and this is where people get information, it doesn't come without mistakes or or uh, you have to be very cautious with how you operate. And, you know, I always, and I'll use this moment, and I'll get your opinion about it, Steve, as a public service announcement for people. If you are working as a salesperson in whatever sales profession you're in, whether that is a contractor or you are just an interior designer or whether you're a loan officer or a realtor, I apologize to tell you this, but not everybody believes in the same things that you believe in. And as a matter of fact, some of the people that you are alienating by some of the things that you're posting, those are potential clients. So if you want to reduce your potential income and revenue by whatever percentage of people you're making mad, then go right ahead and do it. But what would you say to people who have a personal page, but then they also have a professional page, and they feel like they have a a license to kill, so to speak, on their personal page with whatever they want to throw out there? Everybody's watching, are they not, Steve? They're not only watching, but it lasts forever. I have two teenagers, so this is particularly close to home. Um, And it's there forever. And when you post something at 15 years old, um, your next employer, when you turn 21, is going to be able to find that. And so the the Internet is giving a lot of opportunities, but it also has a lot of liabilities. You've got to be careful. Yeah, and I, I have teenagers, too, and I have this conversation with my daughter all the time. That's all she does is text. She goes, well, it's Snapchat. It disappears. I said, it's being stored somewhere, I promise. <laughs> yeah, well, Snapchat just had that big controversial thing where dozens, if not thousands, no, dozens, what am I talking about? Thousands of uh, conversations and video, because you can send video, were basically um, hacked, if you will. So, But you're right, Steve. I mean, if you are someone out there, I mean, my daughter is only nine years old, and she's dying to have an Instagram account. And I said, Olivia, I promise you, you will never, under my roof, have an Instagram account because I just don't trust it. It's not for everyone. So that's another message because we're talking about marketing. We're talking about social media. We're talking about spheres of influence. 
you know, guess what? This is not for everyone. And as a parent, I feel it's important to let you all know, we don't, we don't think this is right for someone that is nine years old or 10 years old. You as a parent need to determine what age is appropriate. You'd agree with that, wouldn't you, Steve? I would, but it also goes to document how important messaging is. Whether you're talking about your nine-year-old daughter or we're talking about a, a home and building product, using the Internet gives an extra amount of importance to the communication. Print, as you talked about, a dying breed, that magazine's gathering dust or just got thrown away. That ad has has disappeared. That content is non-existent anymore. The ability to distribute digitally allows that message to have a much longer lifespan. And if I was selling teeny bop earrings, I know how I could sell my daughter on it really quickly with a great messaging campaign, I can promise you. But she will not see it because she's not on there. But anyway, thank you so much, Steve. We got a couple more segments to go. This is exciting information. This is what I live for. So we're going to come back right after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. I know you can't see me out there in Radio Land. Oh, he is rocking. But I am dancing right now. I love Lecrae. That's Lecrae. Great artist. Very, very amazing story. Um, that he has. I would recommend people Googling him and understanding more about him and listen to his music. It is such a refreshing change from some of the other artists that you hear out there. Um, I don't believe that him and Eminem are going to be rapping about the same things. Let's just put it that way. Nothing against Eminem because I know there's a lot of people that like him. We don't want to alienate any, we don't want to alienate that 2% of America that listens to him. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Well, thank you so much for coming back into the housing hour. Again, my name's Kevin Ray. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. We have uh, with us on uh, the phone here, Steve Keebler. We are talking about all things marketing and I think it's an interesting conversation. I think we've talked about a lot. We have, I think, painted the picture for you, um, even just not as a even as a consumer. That's what I liked about this conversation so far. But even if you are out there in the ad business and you're you're thinking about what is going on, and if you haven't figured out that digital is the new normal, then then probably you're not listening. Um, and you need to make they're sure they're probably not online. They're probably not online. And you know what? I know advertising agencies that that are still stuck in the dinosaur age, and I'm yeah. not sure how they're making it, but it still happens. There's no doubt. You've done a lot of research, uh, Steve, and I wanted to talk about it because I think that it's really a well-written blog. And do you write all your blogs, or do you have a staff who does it? How's that work? No, I write all my own, and, of course, they have content uh, responsibilities as well. Okay, yeah, that's good. And so do you also, because whenever I write a blog, I have to go back over it like a thousand times, and I get into that paralysis of analysis. I mean, do you have a process where you have a team that kind of looks over it for you and things of that nature, or no? We certainly do have proofreading, but I love to write. I'm basically a journalist at heart. Okay, well, you did a, a one back not too long ago, Dads and Ads, what's the latest trend, and you really do a good job of kind of going through the evolution of, you know, who is advertising to who, and, 
you know, how advertising works. Give us an insider's view of your blog, and I'll direct people to where that is. Great, yes. Well, you know, it's politically not correct to profile. Mm-hmm. We hear about it all the time. But in marketing, it's essential that we profile. And in the end, there are men and there are women. And uh, their portrayal on media is very important and an indication of what social society social society is all about Mm -hmm. so in the in the past when tv just came on the early days back in the fifties men were portrayed as the parochial father and the leader of the household they wore suit and ties they smoked a pipe think about jim anderson and father knows best or ward cleaver and leave it to beaver even Mm. ricky ricardo he wore a suit and tie That's a very good point. I didn't. I mean, I, I can tell you right now, folks, I'm not in a suit and tie right now. And, and that is just a small example of how things have changed. But people in yesteryear, it, the marketing was revolved all around men. It was it was almost as if and I apologize to me, mommy and Chrissy, my mom. It just it almost was that they weren't even taken into the equation. Have you ever seen the um, series Mad Men? Absolutely. Uh, it's a phenomenal. If you have not seen it and you want to understand this dynamic that we're talking about, and I'll, I mean, that was probably good researching ground for you to at least spark some um, memories because the things that happened in the first season are very much how it was at the workplace, and it gives you an insider's view of how people messaged. And, and, and frankly, it was a little scary, actually, Steve. <laughs> Well, the women were in, in the typing pool back then. Right. But, but things changed in the mid-60s, and um, they started uh, using dad characters and portraying them as kind of buffoons. Mm. Um, so as Mad Men pro- uh, proceeded on, we started looking at another advertising hero, Darren Stevens in mm. Bewitched. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that or... In the case of the Beverly Hillbillies, we looked at Jed Clampett or even Fred Flintstone. These started portraying men in a different kind of way than the way they were originally portrayed when TV was in their golden age. So you're saying that Fred Flintstone was a buffoon? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, it seemed like Wilma and Betty wore the pants. (laughs) (laughs) Good, very good point. And and, and Ricky, who did you say, Ricky Ricardo in what was that show? I Love Lucy. Oh, yes. I love you're right yeah absolutely that's such a good point I never even have thought about it in that terms so the 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 paradigm and everything shifted with with Jed Clampett yeah Jed Clampett was not wearing the pants he was wearing pants but not the pants well he had a he had a redneck sort of philosophy and intelligence but it was really underneath but he did the buffoon he he did what mama wanted right basically Uh, dad started losing authority and women began to gain that prominence and influence. And I guess it's no coincidence that in the 60s was when women's rights movement. You, you know that, that advertising that we all have heard, you've come a long way, baby. Mm-hmm. So things started to change. And, uh, you know, then I know that people were um, marketing toward women and men had less of say. I sold real estate in the early 80s, and I was always told you have to sell the woman. Absolutely, particularly as it uh, involved the home. Think about the television and how it 
migrated during that time of the 70s. Think about Mary Tyler Moore. Yes. She was independent, was never even married as a career woman. Mm. And Claire Huxtable of The Cosby Show, or even yeah. the mom in Roseanne. These were the women who were paying the bills, they were keeping their kids in line, and they were regularly outsmarting their goofy husbands. Well, wow, that's a very good point. I mean, and also, like Roseanne, you make a mention of her, I'm not sure what she was, but she was there. She and was tough. It was, she, was, she was tough. And then Head of the house. What was the guy's name in that? Um, Dan. Well, he's now a pretty – I mean, he's in a lot of movies the, oh, you, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, John can, Goodman. John, John Goodman. Goodman, right. Yeah, and, and then Sex in the City, Friends, that non-traditional – well, the traditional family was no longer found um, out there in hit series at all. Well, the, the series that you just uh, mentioned – the dads weren't even there. No. Look at Sex and the City. No Look family. at Friends. Think about Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just dads being goofy. They were non-existent. That's right. He the was just a bachelor. The only dad that was existent was Homer Simpson, and he was hardly a positive role model. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So when did it start shifting again? Now you have Modern Family. You're not trying to tell me the husband on Modern Family is not a buffoon. <laughs> no, now it's changing, and that's what's so exciting. The pendulum has swung back. And again, we talked about how profiling is something that's not politically correct. Mm -hmm. But in today's society, you can find a role model in almost every capacity. And in this year's Super Bowls, there were three ads that had a proud uh, disposition of fathers move over mom uh, it's dad's turn yeah and you know let's not lose sight of the importance of both um parents i mean obviously that's not what you're saying and i didn't no. suggest that that is but that's just the thing it's not one over the other they're supposed to be a team making decisions together and they're supposed to work hand in hand not one is a buffoon and one is the decision maker or vice versa. And I think that like the sitcom, not sitcom, but the series um, Parenthood, for instance, um, what a wonderful display of the traditional family. And it, have you ever seen that one, Steve? Yes, it's great. It's fantastic. And um, my wife loves it because it really gives you a real honest to goodness, good family. And it's, it's probably a little bit too honest. I feel like I'm watching a reality show sometimes when I watch it. But that is shifted. Now, what does that mean for advertisers? What does that mean, like in the Super Bowl, all of the ads, and they're paying millions of dollars? How, how, does that, how does that change the message? Well, talking to dads is just smart from a business perspective. Men are doing more shopping, dads in particular. They are? Yeah, men are coveting mixers, toasters, gourmet appliances just as much as their navigation systems, their mobile phones, and audio components. So you really can't stereotype the way that it was back in the 70s. And, and you know, people, real quick before Mark has a question, people need to not underestimate a man's attention to detail as it relates to, just say, home remodeling or interior design. Because I'm a man, but I do have uh, opinions about the, how things should look and how things shouldn't look. And so it's important to understand that men have the capacity to look at something and understand how it should work and how it shouldn't work. We shouldn't be taken out of the equation. We should be a part of it. Well, the other thing that I noticed, Steve, is that when I go into my barber shop, that I still call a barber shop, mm -hmm. they have all these 
male grooming products. I mean, from stuff that you put under your eyes. It almost looks like makeup stuff. It just uh, he's I think, wearing some today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I don't buy any of it, but yeah, got right. all of these these things to make I'm your calling skin. Jana today <laughs> Jana today and find out but you you know it just it, it seems like they're the advertising the guys are doing so much more yeah it really is well nine times out of ten I think that you're gonna find households will be similar to what mine is that we are equal in our relationship and so that's where we really want to go we have one more segment here and we're gonna come back and talk with Steve and finish it up right after these messages we'll be right back The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Hello, it's me. Hello, it's me. And my name is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I am here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. We are also joined um, on the phone here with uh, Steve, Steve, Steve Keebler. Kleber. Kleber. Why do I keep saying that? I don't that? know. That's all right. You'll, <laughs> you, you won't lose any sleep over that, will you, Steve? No. Very, very good. <laughs> okay. Well, we wanted you to wrap up because we kind of felt like we ended it quickly. Wrap up for us um, your blog that you wrote on um, dads. And, and also, there's a very interesting story that's hyperlinked, I believe. Isn't there, Mark? Yeah, it's called Missing Males. I think you wrote it in 2008. We did. In 2008, um, the, the males were missing, and we opined about it and really had a cultural issue associated with how men were portrayed. And I am so thankful that either people listened or society caught up with our point of view, mm-hmm. and now dads are being um, portrayed in a new way. And it was particularly evident uh, this year on the Super Bowl, where three ads in particular showed the sensitivity of dad. Um, you know, in the past, people talked about the car dealerships not being sensitive to women. Um, the salespeople would look at a woman who was coming in to buy a car and say, where's your husband? And that woman would buy from someone else. Mm-hmm. And now it's important to consider the same thing in home and building products and real estate to make sure that you're paying attention to the male the male in the society because he's going to shop someplace else if you don't. Well, and also I think Disney has done a, a job. I don't want to say a poor job because I love Disney. But, you know, you look at all the, the big blockbuster Disney films, The Lion King. You look at Nemo. You look, I mean, the list goes on and on. Cinderella. I mean, all these, you know, the parent, one of the parents are always either not there or they're dead. They die in the movie or whatever. And so I think there's been this feeling that, that our country is made up so much of either split households or just entirely just not one parent that that is just the way that you need to market and certainly we to be sensitive to to single mothers and single fathers and and those type of things but but again that goes back to the well-rounded marketing campaign that you implement for your for your potential your clients correct Absolutely. You have to be concerned about all of your target audiences and to make sure that you're creating relevant content that makes them feel good. Mm. In the end, people want to do business with brands that they like. Yeah, and home remodeling has really been one of the things that Mark and I have uh, felt very strongly about because ever since we started, we have a home remodeling you know, kind of series where we've had 
cabinet makers to interior designers to people who do staging of homes and we feel it's to so ceiling important. of homes to ceiling of homes absolutely and in everything revolving around homes and that's why when we called this show the housing hour it opened up the opportunity to speak to all of these different um, kind of demographics because it's not just one person that we're speaking to it's a multitude and that's the same thing with home remodeling and just from the outside looking in I mean your client could be a single mom could be a single dad or it could be a grandmother and it's probably all of those right and so we have to be sensitive to and inclusive with all of those different target audiences, because if you alienate any of them, then they're going to shop someplace else and bring their friends and family with them. Yeah. We only have about a minute left in the show. So first, I just want to thank you so much, Steve, for coming in and spending this time with us. And we're also grateful that you're a listener. Steve actually reached out to us and said, hey, he loves the show. And we said, well, hey, we'd love to have you on the show. And so we're just grateful for the opportunity um, to be able to speak to you. And Mark and I off air, we're talking about definitely getting you back on. Yeah, well, definitely. It would be my pleasure. You know, in the end, real estate is one of the most important things. Uh, our government only has one thing to sell, dirt from sea to shining sea. That's and they're true. incenting us to develop it, build houses and apartment communities and uh, high rises. So we love to celebrate the home, building better brands that build a better home. That's right. And that's 10 words or less. And he's nailed it. Well, we want to thank everybody again for another wonderful episode of the Housing Hour. Uh, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, everybody here at the station. And st thank you to Steve as well. Find all of his information on thehousinghour.com. Share it with friends and family. And hey, guess what, guys? We'll see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know. So come here to find out. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.